You are on the line. Live on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga and in Auburn and Opelika on ESPN 106.7. Listen online at foxsports983.com or espnau.com. You are on the line with Noah Gardner and Levi Fitzwater. Join the show by calling 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Noah Gardner and Levi Fitzwater on ESPN 106.7 and on Fox Sports Central Alabama. How you doing today, everybody? We've reached the end of the week. Are you not entertained? Here you are on On the Line. Noel Gardner, Levi Fitzwater with you. Levi, how you doing today? Doing good. Just ready for another great show. Wrapping up another great week of On the Line. It's weekend time and it's Valentine's weekend. A lot of love in the air. I'm feeling it right now. I love it. You can keep it over there. <laughs> the number to call, 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Find Levi and I on Twitter at Point Gardner at Levi Fitzwater. Auburn basketball headed up to the freezing tundra that is Lexington, Kentucky this weekend to take on the Kentucky Wildcats in Rupp Arena. 2-46 all-time in Rupp Arena. And Auburn going for just the third win ever on the road at the Kentucky Wildcats. What's it going to take for Auburn to do it? Better guard play? I mean, you got. I, I want to see Sharif Cooper get out and play a little bit better than he did last time. You, you sounded so undecisive about that answer. It's, That's it's, not the direction I'm going. It, but explain. Uh, well, there's a there's a lot of things I think they need to do. I don't think there's just one thing. I think sure. there's a lot. I think that's probably where that indecisive nature. Well, let's comes run the from. gamut here. Of it, course, it's our think, first topic of the show. I know where you're going with yours, so I'll take this one. You're probably going to take the one that's second on my mind. So I think better guard play out of Sharif Cooper, simply for the fact that first time they played. He didn't have his best game. It wasn't that he was bad per se. It's just that was the third game of Sharif Cooper. They started kind of figuring it out. They had enough tape on him to really kind of figure out, hey, we need to stop this guy, and we probably have a chance of beating Auburn. I want to see him come out, and I want to see him really assert himself. And that doesn't mean just from a scoring perspective. That does mean scoring, but it also means assisting, creating baskets for everybody else, getting good looks for everybody. That's the, that's the important one for me. I want Auburn to quit taking bad shots, and that starts with Sharif Cooper facilitating and running that half-court offense and getting guys in position. I think it goes beyond that because I think he's been doing it. I think it comes down to his teammates moving on the offensive side of the floor and not ball watching because I think we're seeing a lot of ball watching at the moment on the offensive end of the floor. Just watch or, or go back and watch some of the games. Go back and watch. They're standing on the three-point line watching him attack. There's not a whole lot of movement. It doesn't seem like, and even Bruce Pearl talked about it to a degree with the SEC Network guys after the Vanderbilt game earlier this week on Tuesday, going across the full span of an offensive possession, going through the full progression of an offensive possession. You come in, you get in your set, you run something. Oh, that didn't work. Well, you run your second thing of the set. If that didn't work, then you get into a quick play, oftentimes a pick and roll. That's when you'll see someone come out and screen for Cooper in the last you know, seven, eight seconds of the shot clock. You don't really want to have to get to that point. Auburn, it seems like oftentimes the first thing doesn't work. They don't keep going through the progression. It stagnates. They wait another 15 seconds and then the screen. They miss the second thing in the progression. They miss step two. 
And the big the big one out of that is I'm looking at guys like Jamal Johnson who has that tendency to just sit in the corner. I don't and think kind it's just him. I think I'm it's all say, of them. I'm not saying it's just him. I think it's all of them. But he's the one that sticks out to me because he's always in the corner waiting for it. And I think that this offense could be so much better and so much more efficient. You got to move off the ball. You said it quit ball watching. That's a big proponent, and that stands for me. I need Sharif Cooper to really take the step and tell this team, he's the leader of this team, tell them to move. Bruce Pearl, tell them to move. Tell them to get involved in the offense and quit standing around. They need to get involved, move, get open shots, get open looks, and that's going to create a lot better. And I think, honestly, I think that'll probably help turnovers too because a lot of the time when you're just standing around, it, it, you can cause turnovers because they can just sit there. They don't have to really move around on defense. They're just waiting for the ball to get past you when you're sitting there stagnant and not moving anywhere. Kentucky winners of one of their last eight games, but it's been a brutal schedule. They've had to play Alabama twice, got thumped by them both times. They had to play LSU. They actually won that game. That's their only opponent that they've beaten across this eight-game stretch. They lost by one to Georgia, and Georgia is a much better team than they were when they opened conference play. Now you look at Georgia, you know, they're like 6-6 six and six in SEC play at the moment. They're a team that's two games out of second place right now. They've had to play 18th-ranked Missouri. Their game against 5th-ranked Texas was canceled. They had to play Tennessee, and they just finished losing to Arkansas in the midweek brutal schedule for Kentucky over their last eight, and they've only came away with one win they started out conference play 3-0, and and since that moment now, 4-7 and going into this game, getting Auburn at home. And looking at their last six games, they have to think Auburn, uh, alongside Vanderbilt and Texas A&M, are the ones that they could come away with victories and try and at least end this season on a positive note. They've got Auburn at home at Vanderbilt, at number 16 Tennessee, versus Texas A&M, versus Florida, and at Ole Miss. Those last two games are going to be tough for Kentucky, especially ending the year at Ole Miss in Oxford who has recently gotten hot as well but I I think they're looking at these next two games as a chance to try and create some momentum to go into that final tough stretch of four games that features three games against Tennessee Florida and Ole Miss I think this game Kentucky's viewing is look if if we're going to do anything at the end of this year it's got to start now it's a lot like Auburn, how we were thinking about last or the I other night. I started on Tuesday. Yeah, it's like the other night we are talking about they have to, if they want to salvage any kind of late last bit of this season, you got to win that game against Vanderbilt. And this feels eerily similar for Kentucky. They have to come in and they have to win this game against Auburn at home, a place where, you know, Auburn hasn't beaten you since 1988 and has only done that twice, twice in the history. Two and 46, two and 48, whatever that is. They've only done it twice, and it's twice in the 80s. This is big for Auburn, too, from that perspective, but Kentucky has to sit there and look at this game and think, you know what? This is where it starts, right here, right now. We want to hear from you. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. Phone lines are open. What do you think Auburn has to do, absolutely has to do, to beat Kentucky tomorrow in Rupp Arena? The first thing on my list score 80 points I'm going to throw you a curveball I knew which direction you were going I'm actually going to put a quantifiable value on this of what Auburn has to do tomorrow Auburn if they score 80 they win this game I believe it 100% they score 80 they win this game Kentucky 0-3 versus teams that broke 80 points against them most recently two teams have done it Tennessee beat them 82-71 Arkansas during uh during the week on Tuesday beat them 81-80 to 
And then the other time before that, Alabama beat them 85 to 65. Those are the only three games this season that a team has broken 80 points on Kentucky. They're actually one of the better defensive teams in our league. They defend the paint very well. They actually are number one in the SEC, at least since the beginning of conference play in defending two-point shots they hold opposing teams to about 44 percent when they're playing inside the arc that's tough to do that's tough to do that is a that is an incredible mark for Kentucky to have teams that low I think Auburn's going to have to work for everything that they get but this point is more about tempo and efficiency with their shots than it is about just running it up to 80 points if Auburn doesn't get to 80 but they still shoot a high percentage. They still are shooting around that 50% mark, and they are having a a good day scoring the basketball, a day like they had this last weekend against Ole Miss. The tempo was low, but Auburn still shot in the high 40s in terms of their field goal percentage as a team, and a lot of that was made up for in the second half with the way that they played. But I think if Auburn has an efficient approach to their offensive game, I think Kentucky's going to have a hard time scoring with Auburn as the numbers as the score increases as it creeps closer to 80 as it breaks over 70 Kentucky gets a little bit more uneasy with that style and Auburn wants to push the tempo Kentucky doesn't Kentucky's in the 200s in kenpom.com on uh, on tempo rankings right there so they're one of the they're one of the slower teams they're on the slower end of the spectrum Auburn top 50 top 40 when it comes down to tempo and it's only increased under Sharif Cooper Auburn wants to push the tempo if you go into Rupp Arena and you play this game at the style of play at the at the tempo that Kentucky wants to do it they will create a similar type of game that happened earlier in the year at Auburn Arena which was a battle all the way through I mean you just look at some of those stats from that first game Auburn shot 21% from three-point line. And that's not – Kentucky didn't do any better. They shot 24%. I mean, just nine – between the two teams, nine combined three-pointers made. Intern Sting has a preview article that will be going up on Radio Alabama yep. Sports for this game, and he notes in that article that Auburn only had four points at the 10-minute mark of the first half. It's awful. That's just Everybody like, remembers that game. I'm it was so, ugly. How do you win that? How do you end up winning that game with that kind because of Because Kentucky wasn't doing much better at that point either. Kentucky is, didn't have that many yep, points. You know what? That's true. You did get me. You got me with a curveball there. My knee, you got me buckling at the knees in the batter's box right now. Swinging was, you out of your shoes. You know, Score 80 points and you're going to win this game. You know where I thought you were going. And you know, it's something that is also incredible. You got to stop turning the ball over, man. We said it all. We, That's we on said my it, list. We've said it all year. That's where I thought you were going there was turnovers. But I mean. Come on, you got to stop. At some point, I'm going to quote a friend of mine's dad. It has to end at some time, son. And it has to end at some point. You have to quit turning the ball over so much and just play good basketball. We saw that game on, we saw the game against Vanderbilt. That game was awful. That was bad basketball. The game against Kentucky earlier this year, that was bad basketball. You you, got to play better. I mean, both teams have to play better. If, if, if either of these teams want to win, they have to play a little bit better. But Auburn in particular, I want to see them not turn the ball over as much in this game. It's going to be hard. You know, Kentucky's going to slow down. They're going to try to play good defense. But I think Auburn can get it. I think they can go in, limit those turnovers. And this could be a big stepping point for the rest of the season. I mean, you got a lot of teams. You have that, you know, the last game against Mississippi State. That seems to be the last game that Auburn should be expected to win. If they can get this one. 
Then you're looking at stealing one. We said it before. You're looking at stealing one against LSU, Florida, Tennessee, or Alabama. And that looks a lot easier than having to steal two of those games against those last four teams. I'll touch on turnovers in a moment. I just found another stat to support what we were just talking about, the 80 points. What we got? Auburn's 4-4 four and four this year when they have played against opposing teams that broke 80 on them. Kentucky, as I already mentioned, 0-3. Oh and three. and I, so I made the statement saying that Auburn's done a little bit better when the score has approached that 80-point mark and gone higher than Kentucky has. Kentucky has not reached that point but three times this year, period, and they've lost all three of those games. Typically, it was a blowout, except for this past this past week when they lost to Arkansas by one they're just not comfortable there Auburn a little bit more comfortable playing at that tempo but when Auburn has lost it's been because they've given up you know nearly 90 points in in almost all of those matchups they they, in three of those four losses for them they gave up over 90 points so if Auburn could even play a lick of defense against Kentucky which I don't think Kentucky's capable of scoring 90 if they play a lick of defense they'll be just fine going off of what you just said with turnovers UK wants to make it an ugly game Auburn has only won the turnover battle this year on four occasions we said that earlier this week I think on Monday on four times four times this year out of 21 games Auburn has won the turnover battle Auburn is three and one in those games makes sense don't turn the ball over you have a good chance of winning the game I mean that's it's it's plain and simple it's just like when teams go in there and you see oh they shot 50 percent from the free throw line they end up losing the game it's you have to do the small things that a lot of people, they're not the sexy things. They're not the things that everybody wants to see. But you make your free throws. You don't turn the ball over. You play some kind of defense, at least for this Auburn team. And you're probably going to win the game. And for Kentucky, I mean, so you said if Auburn scores 80, they win the game. If Kentucky scores 90, it seems like they'd win the game. If Auburn scores 80 and doesn't turn the basketball over more than the other team they win this game easy they run them out of the gym i think I, that, yeah. I mean that's the problem because i don't that, know if i'd say run them out of the gym because auburn's defense is still there's a lot left to be desired there but true. the teams that auburn true. had went three and one against when they won the turnover battle they did it against memphis 74 71 and that close of a game if you lose the turnover battle you lose the game they did it the very next game against texas southern where they won 80 to 63 the other team that they beat that they won the turnover battle against and it's subsequently the last time that Auburn has not turned the ball over more than its opposing team. They did it against Kentucky, 66-59, to back on their home floor. But since that moment, it's been seven games since Auburn's played Kentucky. And you know, they haven't won a turnover battle in seven games. So Auburn's going to have to trend that down a little bit. The one team they lost to, though, Texas A&M. And that was without Justin Powell, so kind of strike that one from the record. We'll be back with more of On the Line on the other side of this break. You are on the line. With Noah Gardner and Levi Fitzwater. We'll be right back. Back on On the Line, Noah Gardner, Levi Fitzwater with you on ESPN 1067 and on Fox Sports Central Alabama. Big game tomorrow for Auburn basketball. Taking on the Kentucky Wildcats at noon on CBS. 11 and 10 Auburn team. This is definitely one of the more low profile. Auburn-Kentucky matchups of recent years. Both of these teams on the verge of being under 500. Of course, Auburn at 11 and 10 overall, five and seven in the SEC. Kentucky at four and seven overall, or excuse me, four and seven in conference play, five and 13 overall. You know, if if we had said that this was going to be what these records looked like back in November, 
Like, if we had said that that this is what the standings were going to look like back in November, would you have believed this? No, not at all. I don't think More so. More so about Kentucky, though, rather than Auburn, right? Yeah, I kind of I kind of could have expected something like this from Auburn. I wouldn't have expected something like this from this Kentucky team, but it's it's the narrative that we've created this year. That's Or not created, but that's unfolded. All of the Blue Bloods have struggled. North Carolina, Duke. Kentucky, Kansas, even Auburn, you know, the newest blue blood of everybody is struggling. I like it. I like it. They did. I mean, when you beat them, you become them, right? It's time we, for We ended North Carolina's program. They're 24 and 26 They're since Auburn beat them. Back. Auburn ended that poverty program. What? They're bouncing back. It's time for Crunching the Numbers with Sting. Going to welcome in intern Sting into the studio. Intern Sting, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing awesome, Noah. Uh, it's Friday. This, this is my first day of uh, six days off of school, thanks to uh, Wellness Day holidays. So I'm doing good. I'm excited. <laughs> You're how do, the, how this do I is get, basically your spring break. How do I get those in real life? How do I get Wellness I Days I from know. life? <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, of course, Auburn not giving students a spring break, and a lot of you guys were, were upset about that, and I can understand. Yeah, that, so that's they're pretty just tough. taking like, random days, and since they only have class on Tuesday and Thursday during the week, Tuesday's off next week. You're essentially week, so. a week off, so that's, yeah. that's hype. It's going to be weird for you when you go back on Thursday, yeah. I'm sure. I'm not going to be ready at all for it because I, ha- I have four classes back-to-back on that day. So, <laughs> Of course, reminding everybody the genesis of this segment. You're a finance major. You're about out of school. You know numbers. Let's crunch them. Give me what's going on here for Auburn basketball up against Kentucky tomorrow. All right, so I just want to start with the all-time series, Auburn versus Kentucky it's not pretty. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the all-time series is 91 to 21 in favor of Kentucky. Why? Why you got to remind us of that, man? Just because it's it leads into what this. What have you done for me Auburn lately, has, though? What, yeah, what, what's the recent exactly. history? Lately, yeah, Auburn has won five of its last nine versus Kentucky. A win on Saturday would make it six out of ten. Sounds like Auburn's program's been in the better place than Kentucky's has in recent years, and definitely this year, I think you would say, and Auburn's on probation. Yeah, exactly. Well, they're not on probation. It's self-imposed, but, you know. In a way, and actually, this is funny, too, is so this is Kentucky's worst team since they themselves were on uh, probation at the, end of the, at the end of the 80s. I can't remember who the coach was, but I think the team that year was 13-18 and 18 for Kentucky. It was 1989. Here's so, my question to everybody, then, based on that statistic. How much responsibility do you think folks are putting this on Calipari's shoulders? Like, is he untouchable right now, or is it getting is it get, getting warm? I think he's untouchable. I don't think you can How? fire him. What has he I done? Think it might get, be getting Why don't a you, little he got warmer. a ring. How many years ago, though? Yeah, it's a ring. That was, that was eight ring. or nine years ago. So. Ring's a ring. You know how I feel. You win a ring, you're in you're in the Hall of Fame in my opinion. That is not. I think it's except getting, Bill Belichick. I, I know it's you're messing. Getting Fraud. a little bit warm, but next season it can easily cool off. I mean, I just think Brandon Boston hasn't been everything he was advertised to be personally most of these players haven't been that's why you end up at you know five and 13 overall these guys didn't recruit these guys to be uh kentucky didn't recruit these guys to be five and 13 no no yeah i mean they're supposed to be one and done guys who put them in the tournament every year and have a deep run in the tournament and really it's kind of hurting all the blue bloods this year like levi was saying kansas is down duke is way down north carolina is probably the best of the bunch right now they're still not all that great and those are the programs that all these one and duns go to. So, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Coach Cal's only finished lower than second once in conference. I mean, 
I don't think he's on the hot seat. It's been a long time since they won a national championship, though, and that's, 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 that's the measuring stick for that's, them. That's, Their measuring stick is not in the SEC. It, it is beyond that. And tournament success has not been – I don't think it's been up to par for UK. They I mean, did make the Elite Eight Elite in the last eight, tournament six, six, two years Sweet ago. Sweet 16, Elite Eight, around 32. That was bad. Final Four, runner-up. I mean, those are that the, the final four though is many years removed. Yeah, that was the Harrison brothers, right? And, so. and you have yeah, to account for the brothers. fact that there's a that there is a year where Kentucky did not play in a tournament because nobody played in a tournament. That that adds an extra year of where people are like, well, what is what has happened? And I and I don't think you can fault them for having missed that tournament because nobody made that tournament. But what I'm trying to say is. It's a little bit further removed than just going down and reading, well, they went Sweet 16, Sweet 16, Elite 8, you know, and then bang, you're back in the national championship. It's like, well, there is another year in there. And it's not like this Kentucky team is the dominant force in the SEC that maybe the statistic of, well, they've they've been, you know, not lower than first in the league, but like one time. And their measuring stick is on a national stage. And I don't think Kentucky's really shown that they're a national championship contender since that team that went undefeated back at like, 2014 i guess was that time and what they do they that team underachieved that was a national championship squad how do you not win the title that year right they were supposed to win right and then they ran into wisconsin in the final four right you ran into wisconsin oh it does that doesn't matter because they would have gotten absolutely blown out by duke in the championship game if they had won that they they were saving themselves the embarrassment of tyus jones i don't think people know that you're joking right now (laughs) oh i'm not joking they would actually have been blown out big jaw big jaw justice winslow tyus jones i mean you got quinn cook on that squad i mean that that duke team would have absolutely hosed kentucky and it wouldn't even been close that's Carl Anthony Towns. What's he? Ever I guess we'll never know. Said, I'm fine if you said that they would have won, but I, I'm not fine with you saying they would have gotten blown out. That but Duke team was too good. Take me, continue to take me through some of your numbers here. All right. So I was looking at the disparity between Auburn and Kentucky just in certain uh, categories. Kentucky is way down in everything. I don't think they cracked the top 200 in a lot of statistical categories. I mean, assists per game, they're like in the 230s. Steal per games, they're way down there. The only real strength that Kentucky has is rebounding. They're about 40th in the country with 39 rebounds per game, and that's tied with Auburn. So, so they Kentucky's, really don't beat Auburn in any not really. Matchup and the only thing that they should have a significant advantage in Auburn is just as good. Then why are we so nervous going into this game? Aside from the obvious that Auburn doesn't win at Rupp Arena, I think because, like you guys were saying uh, the other day after the midweek game, that. Auburn hasn't really been getting better, I think, in wins and just. And I guess Auburn doesn't really do all that well in a lot of categories, either. But they are better than Kentucky in every category. So, and they turn the ball over a lot. I think actually they're they're the second worst in the Power Conference as far as turnovers per games. Amongst all Power yeah. Conferences. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think Georgia is the only one that ha- turns the ball over more than Auburn does in the Power Conferences. The other ones are like American, which is the Patriot League, right? I don't. I don't. I don't think. Yeah, they are in the Patriot League. Yeah, and it's like the Big East is, a, I guess, a basketball power conference. Along, no, you know, you don't include that as a power five in basketball. Yeah, okay. yeah, All you right. don't include them. Okay, so they yeah. are still better, I think, than a couple of these leagues, though, because their top end, yeah. their top end teams are better than I think what the SEC has to offer. I think they have better top end teams than what the SEC. Yeah, has. I agree. At least more dangerous tournament teams, maybe and. If you missed our conversation on that yesterday, go and find the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Yesterday we ran through, you know, who is a legitimate Sweet 16 contender 
out of this league and of course you can name a couple that are contenders but none of them are foregone conclusions I think the SEC is missing some elite caliber teams and when you go and look at where some of them are being seated in bracketology other people are telling you otherwise but I'm not buying Missouri and Alabama right now it's just like they're going to get into tournament play and without a doubt they're going to make a run I've been over here researching since our last conversation since we were talking about coach Cal in the hot seat so since Kentucky won their last, y'all want to say that it was so long ago since they won their last championship. In 20- it has been. In 2012. Since that stretch of time. Nine years ago. Since that stretch of time, they've made just as many national championships as the most, which would be tied with Villanova, who's made it to two, and North Carolina, who's made it to two. The only team that won more than them in that stretch of time was Villanova, who won twice. And uh, North Carolina won one, lost one. Kentucky won one, lost one. So I don't think that whole hot seat narrative is that you're saying you're judging them on the national scale. But how many of those teams have now put a five and thirteen season on the docket most recently? I don't know. North Carolina's pretty bad this year. They're not five and thirteen, but they're pretty bad they're this like year. North Carolina's the best of the Duke's pretty bad this year too. I Duke mean. is yeah, the team Duke's that you should have pointed yeah. out because North they've got a losing record. At least North Carolina's going to go to the tournament. See, that's what I'm saying. You're, if you're trying to judge them against the national scape, then it really hasn't been too far off from some of the big. Big teams, the blue bloods that we call them. I don't think that I don't think Coach Cal's on a hot seat. I mean, he's Duke again, is the only blue blood right now with a losing record. I'm sorry, also outside Mi- of Kentucky. I'm sorry, also Michigan's made it to two as well in the past uh, since 2012. So sure, Michigan, North Carolina, Villanova, and Kentucky. I just don't. I just don't see it. I don't see that sort of panic just because they're five and thirteen. Okay, it's a bad that, year. That is, Everybody has down is, years. That is borderline. No, not there's everybody. A, there's no. a thing this year that I don't know if you guys are aware of it. It's called COVID-19. This whole pandemic thing has affected a lot of teams. I mean, it probably affected a lot of what they were doing. They didn't have a lot of off-season workouts. That, they didn't really get to meet up that much. So Everybody's had to play under the, those same parameters, though. But the difference between Kentucky and those teams are Kentucky gets a lot of young guys, a lot of one-and-done talent. A lot of these but teams they have also already get played together. better guys. So Correct. But they, also about, they, they go and get like top 15 players. Basketball, every... basketball is a team sport. If you don't get that team chemistry early on. And whose fault gonna... is that? I mean, that's just the style they play. I mean, if... But whose fault is that? It's the coaches. It's... Exactly. <laughs> I, they can't help that. I mean, that's just something they're not, they're not having to do this every year. This is a different year. So these we've seen it all throughout this year. The veteran teams have played better simply because they already had that chemistry, that rapport. The teams with the one-and-done talent have been bad this year because they didn't have an off-season program. Auburn lost its top six scores, and they're 11-10. and 10. They haven't been good this year either for the most part. But I mean, they're 11-10, and 10, not 5-13. and 13. So, But uh, on the other side of this break, we got Christian Clemente of AuburnSports.com joining us. Stay with us here on On the Line. Stay on the line. More of the show when we come back. Back on On the Line, Noah Gardner, Levi Fitzwater with you on ESPN 106.7 and on Fox Sports Central Alabama, 2.33 p.m. here with you. And we've got on the phone lines with us Christian Clemente of AuburnSports.com and the Auburn Plainsman. Christian, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good. How about yourself, Noah? I'm doing great. It's Friday, you know. I mean, we're all working for the weekend. 
But uh, but for you, I guess you're still working on the weekend too, you know, because that Auburn-Kentucky game tomorrow in Lexington at Rupp Arena. How are you feeling right now going into that ball game? If you're Auburn right now and you haven't played your best basketball as of late and Kentucky in the same boat, winners of one of their last eight, the only win that they've had in their last eight games was against LSU several games ago. Neither of these teams have been playing their best basketball, but both of them are trying to use this week as a way to build some momentum to finish the season strong. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's just a very interesting Auburn-Kentucky game. There's not a whole lot of hype around it like you would usually expect. Both programs are struggling right now, and I would say if you look at it, Kentucky maybe is trending upward a little bit. They're playing a little bit better as of recent. They're still losing, but they're playing a little bit better. So I think both these programs are going to be hungry to get a win. And I think Auburn especially, Bruce Pearl brought it up today a couple hours ago, this is a chance for history for Auburn. They haven't gone to Rupp Arena and beaten Kentucky since 1988, and they've never sweeped a season series of Kentucky. This is a really good chance for these young players to make some history at Auburn and garner some momentum for the rest of the season, which I think Auburn has a chance to do. Which which team needs this game more? Would you say obviously Kentucky at five and thirteen, Auburn at eleven and ten. Kentucky, like I said, one and seven over their last eight. Auburn has been on a bit of a slide, but they were able to snap it against Vanderbilt. Which team needs this more late in the year? I mean, looking at it because of the record, you would think Kentucky because they're trying to do something over there. I mean, they're five and thirteen, but I would just say. They're pretty much eliminated from anything anyways. So I would say Auburn needs to win a little bit more. They're really kind of trending downhill recently. Shreve Cooper came back and brought some energy to the program, and then teams started figuring them out a little bit more, and they haven't been playing as well, continuing to struggle with turnovers, consistently getting beat on defense. So I think Auburn needs this win a little bit more because they've got a really tough schedule to finish out the season. So if they lose this game, it's going to be tough sledding for the rest of the year. So I think Auburn needs to win this game. We talked about this last segment. Do you think Coach Cal is on the hot seat after this performance that the Kentucky has had this year? Uh, I think because of COVID-19 and because of everything else, I think he'll get a pass this year. You know, if it continues next year and he has another difficult next year with all the five stars that he brings in, and maybe some of the talent that he has this year returns and he continues again next year, I think maybe you could see that, but I really can't imagine he's on the hot seat as of right now. Opened up the show today talking about what Auburn needs to do to win this game. For you, what are the, what are the keys to the game for the Tigers to go into Rupp Arena and win there for only their third time ever? Uh, the biggest thing for me would be starting the game. And not even necessarily starting it hot, but you can't start like you did the first time they played Kentucky this year. Auburn shot 7 of 28 from 3, or. 7-28 to start the game from the field from that game. I mean, just talk about a brutal start. And luckily for Auburn, Kentucky started just about as bad. They were able to stay in that game. A lot of that was because of their energy and effort. They're going to need to bring that same energy and effort, but they're also going to have to shoot the ball well. And that they kind of struggled with that against Vanderbilt. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. And then the other thing for me, too, is I need to see a third guy step up. Against Vanderbilt, it was Jamal Johnson's first half. It was Shreve Cooper in the second half. But there really wasn't a third guy that had an outstanding performance. I think to beat Kentucky, they're going to need a third guy. You know what you're going to get out of Shreve Cooper. Even when he has a quiet game, he's still going to have like 15 points and eight assists. And then you're going to need a second guy to step up. 
But I also think to beat Kentucky, you're going to need a third guy, whether that's Alan Flanagan or Jalen Williams or a guy like J.T. Thor or Devin Cambridge. I think two other guys need to step up and help Sharif Cooper on uh, tomorrow. Bruce Pearl just had his press conference today. What, what was kind of headlining out of his press conference going into this ballgame? His thing was just looking to make history and how he was really happy with how Auburn played the first time these teams played, even though it was such a tough shooting performance. He thinks that while beating number 12 Missouri at the time is probably the team's best win of the season, he might be most proud of them for beating Kentucky the first time because of just how hard they played, like I said. They weren't shooting well at all. It's very easy to get discouraged, especially for a young team. But they stayed in the game. They stayed locked in. They played hard defensively. And Bruce was really proud of that. And he's looking to have the team bring that same energy tomorrow. Auburn's been a little bit of an an enigma for me on the offensive side of the floor. And I want to get your thoughts on this. Auburn, since conference play has begun, compared to other SEC teams, they're the top two-point shooting team in conference play. I think they're around 6th or 7th in three-point percentage, so still not a bad three-point shooting team, but certainly not nearly as, as good as they have been when they have kept the ball inside the arc, yet they shoot more threes than any other team in league play. Right now, where there's been some dysfunction on the offensive end of the floor over the last three or four games, it didn't look great against Vanderbilt either. I know they had a 50-point second half, but it just kind of felt more to me that the shots started falling rather than the shot selection improved. Where's this Auburn offense at right now? Because it seems like they're trying to figure out some things. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the biggest issue comes from that was Alan Flanagan's recent slump. I mean, he was really a guy that brought a ton to this team on offense, and he just hasn't been able to bring it recently. So they've been looking to kind of fill that void. Jalen Williams has had some strong games, but he was quiet against Vanderbilt. And then Jamal Johnson stepped up. But they're just – it feels like they can't string consistent performances together from different players. One day Alan Flanagan will have a good game. The next day Devin Cambridge will have a good game. And then the next game it will be Jalen Williams. But they can't consistently string that together, and that's been a problem for them. Sharif Cooper – has been probably one of the only guys that's been able to consistently score every single game. So if they can get, like I said earlier, if they can just get a couple guys to step up tomorrow, I think I don't think they'll have too much of a problem with Kentucky, but it's a question of whether or not they will be able to do that. We've talked about this a bit over the past few weeks. If Auburn beats Kentucky this weekend, do you think Auburn will finish above 500 this year, or do you think that they'll stumble along the way? <sighs> hmm. You know, I think if they beat Kentucky, I think they've got a really good chance to. You know, I'll say that they will because I think they're going to beat Mississippi State. Um, Last four games are against LSU, LSU, Florida, Tennessee, and Alabama. Yeah, I think they'll lose to LSU. A hot take here. I think they're going to lose to Florida, but they will beat Tennessee. I like that. And then I'll give give them a win over Alabama to end the season. I think Bruce will have those guys fired up to end the season. So what does that put Auburn at, like 15 wins or something like that? Because you said they beat Kentucky, Mississippi State. What about the LSU game? Did you say they beat LSU? I said they lose to LSU. Uh, okay. lose to LSU. And then you got them losing to Florida. They bounce back against – they, and then they win their last two. Okay, I like that. that. That'll put them at 15 wins. Spicy. I like that. I like the spice. That's a strong end. That would have Auburn maybe uh, flying into the flying into next season a little bit. Maybe not – I'm saying Auburn's going into next year under the radar with the way how this season has trended. But that might have people you know, looking at Auburn a little bit closer – where do you think Auburn's at going into next year, maybe from a uh, national perspective with the way this year's been going? From a national perspective, I think if Sharif Cooper returns, 
they are a consensus top 10 team to start the season. Wow. I think they're going to have guys on the first team all SEC. They're going to be picked at the very top, if not the very top, as the top team in the SEC, and I think they'll be top 10. If Sharif Cooper doesn't return, I think they're still a top 25 team. Yes, they have struggled to end the year, but I think people will look at adding Jabari Smith, adding Trey Alexander. If Sharif were to leave, I would imagine Bruce would go hit the transfer market. And you look at that roster, he'd basically be able to pick any graduate transfer point guard that he wants, and he could tell them, hey, come here, come play with one of the most talented rosters in the country, and let's make a run at a national championship. And so without Sharif Cooper, I think they're still a top 25 team to start next year. But with Sharif Cooper, I would view them as a top 10 team. Quick and easy one to end it off. Do you think Sharif Cooper comes back, or do you think he's NBA bound? What I've been saying for a while now is I'm giving it 51% chance that he comes back. I love it. 49% <laughs> chance he doesn't, simply because I just have a little bit of a gut feeling that he loves playing with these guys that he played with in high school and on AAU, and I think Bruce is going to be able to sell him on, hey, come back, let's make a run at a national championship next year, and then head on to the NBA along with a couple other Auburn players like Jabari Smith. And you know, I think just a gut feeling, I think Sharif will come back, but we'll have to wait and see and i still think there's probably some areas of his game that that could be improved especially shooting before he goes on to the next level you know uh, some people have right out the gates john rothstein compares him to kyrie irving i think now you know 10 games into his career i'm looking at him more as a markel fultz type figure who markel fultz went first overall in the in his nba draft but he also took him you know two or three years to begin to figure out how to shoot the basketball at the next level and i think you know that it's a little bit more obvious with sharif cooper at the point right now because He's having a hard time shooting the ball at the moment. He's really not an overly efficient shooter. But, Christian, we appreciate you taking the time to hop on with us today. Tell everybody where they can find where you're at. Yes, you can find my work at auburnsports.com and theplainsman.com, along with on Twitter at Clemente underscore. Christian, thank you again, my man. I hope you have a good weekend. Thank you. You as well. That was Christian Clemente of auburnsports.com and the Auburn Plainsman. Uh, you know, a big point there at the end that I want to make, just kind of continue to expound upon, um, you know, the Sharif Cooper point. Sharif, I, I think as an NBA prospect, he, um, as an NBA prospect, Sharif Cooper still needs to be, um, you know, he needs to still be developing his three-point shot at the moment. He's, he, and his mid-range. Really anything that the basketball is leaving his hands other than a layup, he, ne- he needs to be developing that shot at the moment, moving to the next level. We got more of On the Line coming up on the other side of this break. We wrap up our number one. On the line on Fox Sports Central Alabama. You're listening to On the Line on ESPN 106.7 and on Fox Sports Central Alabama. Noah Gardner and Levi Fitzwater with you wrapping up our number one here. But before we do, let's take a listen to what's on TV tonight. Hey everybody, it's Noah Gardner with What's On Tonight, a new episode of Shark Tank at 7 on ABC, and someone is pitching a self-cleaning bedding so that you don't have to change your sheets. Now that sounds nifty. Go back to 1984 with Ralph Macchio and the Karate Kid on IFC at 7. The Shawshank Redemption is on Paramount at 6. Avengers Infinity War left fans crushed at the end while simultaneously creating memes across the country. Catch the movie on TNT at 7. Take a look at the college basketball schedule for tonight. St. Bonaventure 
Adventure at VCU at 6 p.m. on ESPN2. Akron is at Miami, Ohio on ESPNU. Head over to the ACC with Georgia Tech at Clemson at 7 on ACC Network. At 8 in the Big Ten, number 6 Illinois at Nebraska on Big Ten Network. In the NBA, there are two games on ESPN. The Pelicans take on the Mavericks at 6.30. And then at 9, the Grizzlies and the Lakers wrap up tonight. I'm Noah Gardner, and that's what's on TV tonight. Noah Garner and Levi Fitzwater with you on the line. Levi, what's going on with the betting lines right now between Auburn and Kentucky as the Tigers get set to go to Rupp Arena tomorrow at noon on CBS? I'm seeing a lot of Kentucky being favored around like two, one, one, two points. And I think that's pretty fair. Auburn hasn't been a great team on the road this year outside of two amazing outings against Georgia and South Carolina. But I just I think that's where this kind of stems from. I don't think Auburn's been playing great as of late. Kentucky clearly hasn't been playing great as of late. I think they're just giving that nod to what is Auburn being bad on the road and then historically being bad at Rupp Arena. I think that's where this is sitting. I don't hate like I think that's a fair line. I think Kentucky to be favored in this game is one of those prove me wrong and you can be the favorite in Rupp. You know, when you haven't won since the 80s, I, I kind of understand not being a favorite going into this game. Where, where, where are all the smart people at? I haven't seen any smart action. I haven't seen any smart action. I'm not seeing a lot of money on this game yet. We'll probably see a lot more of that tomorrow when, once it kind of comes down to crunch time, maybe even later tonight. That's usually kind of when they start getting in on that action. I haven't seen anything as of yet. But I would like to imagine that there are going to be a lot of people on Kentucky. That's just a prediction. I don't have anything going with that I just think that that's kind of where I think the smart money's going to go because I think a lot of the what I call normal people the public I think the average public is probably going to be on Auburn because they've seen how bad Kentucky has been this year I think a lot of the smart people end up on Kentucky and I think it's flipped you think so I think it's going to be flipped I think people are going to see the fact that Auburn has struggled so much in Rupp because that's been the conversation that's all that's been talked about in this yep. game is that Auburn's abysmal on the road and especially in Lexington. And I can see that too. That's a very good point. I can agree with that as well. I two different. It's weird to agree with the opposite of what I just said, but with that, with that kind or of mindset, I can see none. that. Or there could be none. There could, you know, yeah, it could I mean, just be completely split. There could be nobody. I mean, there could be no sharp action on this game. This could be a game that just nobody that people want to avoid, like the play. I mean, it's. It, I mean, what they tip off at the crack of dawn at you know noon. I mean, so early on a Saturday. Goodness, oh man, I don't even know how I'm be up for that one. Wow, Kentucky four game losing streak. Auburn just snapped their three game skid statistically looking at these two teams Auburn averaging almost uh, yeah they are averaging 10.3 more points per game than Kentucky is part of that has to do with tempo Auburn's playing much faster than Kentucky but it also has to do with efficiency Auburn's been much more efficient on the offensive side of the offensive side of the floor which is kind of crazy to think about because Auburn's not an overly efficient team on the offensive end but averaging uh 3.3 more uh uh 3.3 percentage points higher than the Kentucky is at field goal percentage. Auburn, as Sting pointed out, they're 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 almost identical rebounding teams at 39 rebounds per game. Assist wise, Auburn's averaging four more assists per game. Auburn just there's a whole lot more going on on the offensive side of the floor for Auburn than there is for Kentucky going into this game. And defensively, I, I think they're in in, in in the same hemisphere. I think they're pretty much on the same level when it comes to how they've de- been defending other teams. Kentucky may be a, a, a shade better than Auburn this year on the defensive side of the floor, mainly because I think they've been the better rim protection team. They're, they're number one in the SEC in defending the two-point jumper 
or you know anything in the paint anything that's a two-point shot they're number one in the sec and since conference plays began teams are shooting like 44 percent against them when they've wandered inside the arc it's just i think these two teams are very they're pretty even across the board i just think auburn's just slightly a better team but i think you might can mitigate that with the fact that kentucky's playing at home based off all the stats you provided i mean they're pretty borderline even and but they're also pretty borderline not well, get great this. teams and kenpom.com on his rankings, Auburn's 60, Kentucky 61. No, oh, there you go. That's the, That goes right in line. I, that's right like, there. I feel like they're just very even teams, and I think that just playing in your home gym, granted, it's not the same type of atmosphere that you expect from up over the past few years, obviously, but I think that'll help. We've talked about it when there's not a lot of fans there. you got your sight lines going down for your shots. I think that helps Kentucky, and I think that's why you – that's part of why you see them as a favorite because they're at home and Auburn hasn't won there in the 80s and it's also hard to play on the road. I I think Auburn is a better team by a smidge. It's like, a clash of styles too. It's, it's These teams are on the opposite end of the spectrum and play style. I think it's going to be a bad I think it's going to be a bad sloppy game. Just like the first it, time. But I think it's going to be I think it's going to be close if that makes sense. Like it's going to be a competitive game, very close, but it's also going to be bad basketball. Kind of like what we saw against Vanderbilt. Just bad basketball on both sides of the ball, or you know, from both teams. I think it's just gonna. I think it'll be close, but I think it's gonna be. It's probably not gonna be fun to watch. I want to see what this game does from a motivation standpoint for this Auburn team because we've talked a lot throughout this week. Zach brought it up on Wednesday. We we've talked a lot about this. Where's Auburn at right now from an engagement standpoint? And I, I think they're sometimes they're locked in, sometimes they're not. I don't think that they're you know not giving effort I think they're giving effort but sometimes I just don't think that they're overly focused this is a game that I think Auburn goes into it pretty focused they understand what's at stake here it's also the name and where they're going they're going to want to go in there and and do some work against the the school that where a lot of these players didn't get recruited by them and they felt like they should have been and Bruce Pearl sells that going into this matchup he's like look guys y'all feel disrespected by this program get after it and this is a chance for them to go in there and beat them on their home floor sweep Kentucky there's a lot to play for in this game all year long we've been asking what does Auburn have to play for obviously the the easy answer is saying look you're playing for next year you're playing to improve you're playing for a national championship next year just make sure that you do the work now put in the work now and it will pay off next year that's hard to sell throughout a, 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 a you know a 30 game plus season where at the end of this year there's not a big reward you've basically got to go two years until you get to play for something and then if you don't win it then you know that's tough because a lot of these guys are going to be leaving but going into this game there's stuff to play for you haven't won there in a while this is a big name it's a fun road trip there's a lot to get up and get motivated about in this one whereas for Kentucky right now what is there for to, for Kentucky to get motivated about they're 5 and 13 they're not going to the tournament they've fallen apart in SEC play since starting out 3 and 0 they're now 4 and 7 1 and 7 over their last 8 I mean, they're Vanderbilt-esque, what they've been like over their last eight games. Of course, they still have some talent on their team, and I think they can play some good teams tough because they play Tennessee and Arkansas tough. But I stand by this. What does Kentucky have to play for right now? This is an embarrassing season. They don't have anything to play for. And I think there's so many different factors that go into this game that are outside of the talent and the X's and O's and the players. It's more. It's Most of the deciding factors, at least in my opinion, are all these other things what's the motivation you know how can you get a win in rub is coach cal on the hot like it's things like that that aren't the x's and o's but it's all these external factors i think that's going to be the story of this game going back to those betting lines real quick according to espn's pick center 
Kentucky 5-12-1 against the spread this year. Not good. Not good when they're favored for this one, right? No, not good at all. Because <laughs> that would mean an Auburn win, considering where'd you say they were favored at? Around two and a, two points. Right, that's barely not even being favored at all. That's, that's a push to me. We'll be back with hour number two of On the Line in just a few moments. That does it for hour number one. We'll see you in just a second. Don't go anywhere. On the line, live on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga and in Auburn and Opelika on ESPN 106.7. Listen online at foxsports983.com or espnau.com. You are on the line with Noah Gardner and Levi Fitzwater. Join the show by calling 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Hour number two of On the Line. Noah Gardner, Levi Fitzwater with you on ESPN 1067 and on Fox Sports Central Alabama. Good first hour there. And if you missed any of it, go and find the podcast wherever you get your podcast talked a lot of Auburn basketball there in that first hour we had Christian Clemente of AuburnSports.com and the Auburn Plainsman as well once again go and find the podcast wherever you get your podcast phone lines are open number to call 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 and we're gonna head to the phone lines we got Terry from Talladega with us Terry thanks for calling how you doing today my man I'm great guys how about y'all we're doing good we're just happy as the weekend am I right uh, absolutely a little chilly the temperature seems to be dropping out there but uh and and sort of jury looking but hey it's the weekend Doesn't that's matter. right uh did i hear you guys correct say kentucky's overall record is five and 13 they are five and 13 could you imagine alabama going eight and four <laughs> that's right that, that's that's what the equivalence is yeah hey at one point that was happening you know back when in the shula days that it, it seems so long ago but you yeah. know one can one can hope great days well, guys, when i, was I'm, I want up. to predict that they're going to see it again because when nick saban leaves and whoever replaces him bless his heart he's going to struggle i'm sorry that's going to happen you don't want to be the man to follow the man you want to be the next man sure and you hope it's not dabbo well i mean i think even dabbo would struggle a little bit in the sec quite honestly i mean he'd eventually get it on track and be dominant but and but that's I, what I'm afraid of. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't. I don't. I personally don't think Dabo will, will take the job. I don't think Clemson will let him. He wants to establish his own legacy where he is. I don't know. I sure. don't. I just. The one time I thought it was Jeremy Pruitt, but I think that's kind of gone by the wayside. Right. Um, He's in the NFL now. Do you know that? Is he with the Texans now? Oh, I don't. I don't know. I, I I thought I saw him get picked up by like the Giants or something. Levi's on that, looking that up. But I mean, he's on like a. He, I think he's in an off the field role, but he is on. He is in an NFL organization now. Well, he has my sympathy. Not much of it, but yes. <laughs> it is with the Giants. Um, it's just it's just amazing that Kentucky's five and thirteen guys. We're talking about. Am I would I be correct in saying that the the poll right now? Do you have a Duke, North Carolina, or Kentucky? And Kansas. Kansas is out as well. And that just that's unbelievable. I didn't think I'd ever live to see that day. Yeah, I, that's it, just unbelievable. We've it's been like what since like the sixties or something like that. I since, think it was, I think since it was like 60, it? 67, I think was. The stat. Been a long time. Would have had a hard time convincing me in the mid nineties. Nebraska would be in the top twenty-five. That's right. And so a dominant. lot changes. Terry, I've sure. got a good question for you. Uh, okay. You know, th- this is something that we're going to talk about later on in the show. We uh, yesterday, I, I, I previewed this a little bit. Florida and Notre Dame, they they've agreed to a home and home series for twenty thirty one and, and twenty thirty two. And you know, I joke, you know, that's ten years from now. A lot can change in college football in ten years. I mean, you look at the past ten years that we've seen. 
you know, and you're talking about what happened in the 90s with Nebraska and you would have had a hard time being convinced. What do you think changes in college football over the next 10 years? Well, the one guarantee is there won't be a 14 playoff. It'll be a 6 or 18 playoff. I would agree with that. Which I, I think it's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in, the, in, in, in history ever. You have the power five, you have the top four. It makes zero sense. Sure. But that's why you pay a bunch of you know, ding-a-lings big money. <laughs> they make stupid decisions. So, And I, and I think know. it's going to be more fun to see more teams. Whether or not eight teams are really actually capable of winning the national championship, probably not. Because I, I think who was eight this year, like Iowa State, probably not good enough to win the natty. But it'd still be fun to see the football. See, I, I'm, for, I'm for a little team like so far getting in just so they'll get their brains beat in and they'll shut up. That's fair, too. That is fair. Yeah, I, you know. But then again, you had Cincinnati this year who played Georgia tight. Yeah. I mean, I mean you're going to have – you know, a team capable, and they're no doubt their number ones are as good as anybody, mm-hmm. but their number twos and threes aren't. That's right. I think that's coming so. sooner rather than later, by the way. I mean, you got to think of how much money was lost this year. They want to recap that as much as possible. So I think they're, they pro- if they're not already, they definitely should be, you know, putting that into motion on the speed as fast as possible because that's more football, more money, more ads. We know, we know what, we know what runs this game. We know it's money. Yeah, it's like I'm trying to cut the baseball schedule down to 154 games or something like that. Yeah, they're trying to cut it down, but they won't do that. Not, Money. Not Money's, too important. Money's too important. Not going to happen. I want to ask you guys, I come under some criticism the other day and uh, about my comments about Bo Nix. I don't think he's any better than a 7 or 5 quarterback. I don't think Auburn would be any better than 6 or 7 wins with Bo Nix. I just don't believe it. You know, and, and, and uh, I come under a lot of criticism for that. And the point I want to make is this. If he has a Joe Burrow-type year, which is a lot to ask, is it worth three terrible years or average years to have one great year? That's, I mean, I thought consistency was the name of the game. That is a that is a loaded question there. I, consistency is the name of yeah, the game. I I, I, and, I, and I'm kind of – you know, I, I'm trying to weigh would I, would I want a national championship like LSU did, knowing that three years would be coming horrible right after it. And LSU's recruited really well, and so we know they've got talent. I mean, they had the number four recruiting class this year, so I think it's a little bit easier for them to dig out of it maybe because they recruited better than Auburn has maybe than it would be for Auburn to dig out of it because guess what? I mean, Auburn, Auburn kind of experienced that, right? 2010 we had it, and right. then in 2011 it was 7-5, and, seven and, five, and then the next year it went 3-9. and nine, and, But then, you know. Well, you had the, the most disgraceful coach in Auburn history, Gene Chizik, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, so I, that's hard for me to answer on that one if I would be okay with that, but – going to your point about Bo Nix is he's got he's got some potential I think we can all agree like he's he's shown at least flashes here and there no no consistency whatsoever but he's shown flashes and I'm willing to take a bet considering there's no other quarterbacks on the roster that I'm willing to put in right now I'm, I'm willing to take a bet that he's going to end up working out just fine before it ends because I, I trust the coaching staff that's coming in that has experienced coaching quarterbacks that I, I think that they're gonna I think they're gonna do fine with Bo Nix. Well, we shall see. I think Demetrius Davis has a much better shot than he ever did with the mouths of the previous staff, mouths on them, because they basically promised Bo, Dick, Bo Nix a job to come down there. So, um, you know, it, it, and he ran off Malik Willis and Joy Gatewood so Bo Nix could be the man. I mean, who do you beat out? The guy from Bowling Green? That's right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, I mean, I mean, for real. I just, I just don't, I just don't think Auburn ever goes anywhere. And and, and it's frustrating under the previous staff. I know that's history, but. It's frustrating to be so successful in 2013 doing one thing and completely switch it. He just mm-hmm. completely went away from it. And, and people say, no, he really – yeah, he really did. It, it, you're, you're 100% spot on. And um, that, that's another reason, though, why I'm still a little bit more – I wonder if Demetrius Davis will end up starting for Auburn. 
I, I, I think he's a good football player. I really do. But I wonder, because every quarterback on this on, in this room right now has to re-earn this coaching staff's trust. Like Demetrius Davis had, had Gus Malzahn's trust because that was who recruited him, right? This coaching staff didn't recruit him. And he definitely is not the, the style of quarterback that Harson typically recruited yeah, Boise State and what Bobo's typically recruited. I mean, they've even already gone out and, and got a quarterback commit for 2022. And of course, you should bring one in every class. But I kind of wonder how they how they view the the quarterback room after a day. And a day is the first time we'll get to see these guys. But all of them have to have to regain this coaching staff's trust. And I don't think out after Bo Nix right now, what's on the depth chart for Auburn at quarterback? I don't think that they're going to end up starting for Auburn at any point. I, I think there's going to be completely new recruitment. I give him a little bit of pass because the offensive line was terrible and it could be better, but I just don't think he's a winner. I just don't think he's, a, he's he can do it. I just don't. I just don't think he's successful at all. But I really don't. And I don't care how great the offensive line was because I don't think he makes good decisions. I think he tends to scramble to his right too much. I think he looks down his receivers. He eyes them down. Defense backs will catch on to that and kill you. And I want to see and what I, the scheme just, looks like this year too. I don't think Gus Malzahn did him any favors with play calling no. and like route no. concepts and everything. So it's it, it, with Bo. It's a very it, 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 there's a lot in there it's a conglomeration of issues partly him partly the o-line partly the scheme part the play calling i mean there's a lot that goes into it well if if if, if brian harson make, makes him a winner does a does a good job there's your coach of the year 2021 or there 20, you go whatever and, and i think it's guys. a favorable schedule appreciate it terry thanks for calling in have a great day that was terry from talladega on our phone lines at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 we'll keep the phone calls coming we got trill on the line with us now trill how you doing doing good fella doing good um i just i don't know if i'm a little late on the train here but did y'all see the article written about Auburn's new facilities they got going on at the football only complex Yes, they've they've uh, they've approved the the football only complex. I think it's like you know a ninety one million dollar facility. Obviously, I, I don't think construction or anything has begun, but it is approved. That, that's that's pretty good for Auburn all all this stuff. But I, I got a question: where where was this money coming from when our boys, our football team, when they had to bus back from South Carolina, they fly up there and they bus back? Where were, where was all this money then? I think that's a conspiracy. The railroad, Gus Malzahn. Out of Auburn, he's the only coach who's beaten Nick Saban more than anybody else in college football. Now, all these facilities they're trying to build, Gus could use that to help Auburn get to where they think Harson's going to get them. Well, Gus did I, – I, I may be wrong on this one, but I think Gus did put up a little bit of his own money, too, for, for this football facility. Like, the football facility – came about while Gus was here so I, I I'm not totally there with you because the football only facility did 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 start with Malzahn Malzahn started this going and Gus Malzahn donated two million yeah that's what I thought yeah. yeah well good for Gus Malzahn now they railroaded him out of Auburn so well that's two million dollars wasted on the toilet for him but I was looking in these facilities and all these amenities they got going up in that place and I was just dumbfounded. Did y'all see where they put in two recording studios in the football complex? What is that all about? Bill? You should see what Clemson's got in their facility. I mean, Clemson's out no, here no, got no. slides. Clemson's, Clemson's won national championships. They, they, they can afford to do that kind of thing. Why is Auburn putting two recording studios in the football-only complex? That's what I want to know. Do Auburn is creating. Bo Jackson was recording a mixtape? Probably not. I don't know what Bo was doing, but Bo did say, you know, 
Bo was famous for saying he was very Allen Iverson like with his we're talking about practice Bo didn't like to practice <laughs> so I mean when I'm when when I see what Auburn's doing with their facility like it, it's to, it's for recruiting purposes they're trying to attract kids to come play at Auburn and that's why Clemson did that and that's why Alabama's got the facility they've got you know the, all of these all of these schools are creating these you know high powered you know you know very you know high technical these facilities that attract kids to come that's why i was bringing up clemson because see what they've got they've got slides they've got all this stuff and it's it's for recruiting purposes Some, sometimes it's just shiny things yeah it, sometimes it's not the it's not the value of what it is itself it's just kid see shiny thing kid goes to shiny thing and that, it's simple I, that's human nature i guess all right i guess all right but clemson alabama they've been winning these national championships i mean is one studio going to be for country? Is one going to be for hip hop? Look, unless you got David Allen Coe, Hank, Elvis, or Waylon Jennings coming down there to lay some tracks on Auburn, I don't want to hear it. Number one, them boys need to have their head in the playbook. Number two, them boys need to have their head in the textbook. And I and I and I think they will. Harson bringing in this new culture. Uh, he's a hard nosed guy. Very, you know. At borderline militaristic, I kind of get the vibe. I, I think he's going to have these guys focused, but I think it's an exciting thing for Auburn to have a, a football only facility because I think it's you know kind of bringing them up to this modern age of football. They need that's it. true. That's true. It's it's, it's well deserved. Auburn's been lacking behind their facilities for a couple of decades. Even Georgia's got them a new indoor facility now, and shoot, even even UAB up in Birmingham, they got them indoor. So I'm I'm, I'm glad Auburn's getting it. I, I just want to see results, fellas. All this money and. All these things that don't upgrade, I just want to see results. But, hey, I love Auburn. I believe in Harson, And uh, I'm going to just let y'all go on with it. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. Appreciate it, Trill. Thanks for calling in. Once again, phone lines are open, 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. You know what? We'll keep going on this segment. We'll take another caller. We got Dak on the line with us. We'll we'll go long, Sting, on the phone. So let's, uh, let's keep it here. We got Dak on the line with us. Dak, how you doing today? Hey, I'm fine. How are you guys? We're doing great. Appreciate you calling in. Yeah, good. And, look, I've coached college and high school football for the past 28 years. Okay. And a uh, big Auburn fan, played at Auburn. And uh, I, I've heard yeah, – it's the first time I've ever called, and I hear how bad our offensive line has been over the last three or four years. But the thing that you got to understand, that Coach Malzahn's offense was so simple – Everybody knew where the play was going. Mm-hmm. He dictated the play by the personnel. He would run one play, and the three, four players on the, in the backfield and receivers would be the same. Everybody figured that out. Imagine in football when your opponent knows exactly where it's going, how difficult it is to block. Okay, and the prime example is when Tennessee beat us. Was it three years ago when they came here and beat us? Yep. Right, we went for it on fourth down four times, fourth and one, and lost two yards every time. And and also from that game, also from that game, there was the video of Jeremy Pruitt saying exactly where that play was going, where, yep. where one of the plays exactly. was going. Exactly, and they would be eight people in the box. They would play man on our two receivers. Now we only had two receivers in there. Play man and have eight people in the box and the safety ready to roll down. You ain't getting a yard. Yeah. I don't care how good your linemen are. You ain't getting a yard when you get outstacked. And then the thing about Bo, now I do believe that he plays reckless. But I think he can be fixed because the offense, 
fixed. Right. We, we had no outlet when people blitz. Everybody else, when, when you even expect a blitz, somebody is a hot receiver. We didn't have that. Mm-hmm. There is somebody to go to any time there's blitz going on, and we never did that. Never. How many times you see us throw a quick out or a quick hitch? Never. <laughs> he runs for his life, but they, I do have to say he does run out of the pocket when he doesn't have to. And I think he, he can be fixed. And especially with the offensive system that Coach Harsman is going to bring, he will have that blitz readout package in there. But, you know, not everything is as, as it seems. And, and I know, uh, you know, we've harked on this for two years now, how bad the offensive line is. It is difficult as can be. You remember in high school, if you was playing high school or college, and that guy knows where the ball is going, it's hard as hell to block that guy, isn't it? Right, and and I, I I tend to agree with a lot of what you're saying right now about Bo Nix as a quarterback because uh, you know I, I think a lot of, it seems like you're you're hinting at a lot of it was scheme and play calling and I and I'm there with you 100. percent Well, good. I appreciate you agreeing with me, but, that, but <laughs> I'm just playing with you. Uh, but I, I think I think uh, the offensive line was better. I mean, you think about it, Alabama. We did have some good wins, and think about what the offensive line had to do, knowing they knew the plays. I mean, to me, I thought they did probably better than what people was giving them credit for because, I mean, we ran basically four plays. And the personnel dictated what play that was, and everybody figured that out. I mean, I know Pruitt well. I know Charles Kelly well at Alabama. It was at Florida State. But they all said the same thing. They know where the football was going every play. So. Think about some of the wins that we had, and they knowing that. I mean, you know, and I, I feel like probably Gus got a little bit creative against Alabama. And, of course, I think Saban kind of uh, blew the game himself by being greedy, trying to go for touchdowns instead of field goals, because that old saying goes in iron boat, you take the points when you can get them. Uh, but, but, yeah, I, I think the offensive line wasn't quite as bad as what people's making it out to be. If you really think about what they the, – the, 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 what they had going against them i'm i'm there with you too uh, i'm down on the recruiting side of it because you got to sign a tackle you know in the last four years that's, but it's a good it's a good bit of both i mean yeah. the line wasn't as bad as people thought it was but it wasn't great plus i mean when you have jeremy pruitt on the other side who knows it but also you have people sitting on the couches being able to go oh this place coming oh yeah here's inside zone <laughs> and then you know that the coaches know it it was miserable being up in the stands because you know what's happening. You know before what's coming, exactly what's going to happen. And it was frustrating because, you, I mean, you knew how the outcome of the game was going to be sure. every time. Well, anyway, I've been it. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I'm here hey, for we, it. We love hey, it. We bring call, it. Call, bring the passion anytime you want to. We love to hear it. All right, guys. Y'all have a great day. Appreciate you, it, Dave. Don't be a stranger. We want to hear from you again, Dak. Thank you once again for calling in. The phone lines are open, 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. We've got long on this segment. We're going to go to a quick break, and when we come back, we've got Travis on the line with us as well. So stay there with us. Travis, we'll be back in just a moment. You're on the line with Noah Gardner and Levi Fitzwater on ESPN 106.7 and on Fox Sports Central Alabama. Phone lines are open, 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. Find Levi and I on Twitter, at Point Gardner, at Levi Fitzwater. And let's head to the phone lines. As promised, Travis sticking around for us. Travis, how are you doing today, my man? I'm 
We're doing good. We appreciate you calling back in. I know it's Friday, and so uh, yes, I hope you've had a good week. Mouth feeling okay, Travis? Yeah. Hoping the mouth's okay? Man, it's doing good. I, I've been well. Trying to trying to lay off of that stuff. It, it, it ain't it ain't easy, I'm going to tell you. But uh, <laughs> I'm working on it. Guy, you know, regarding the basketball team, can y'all give an update on Justin Powell? Is he going to be done for the season? Oh, it, with every I game, it certainly looks like it. But uh, Bruce said today in the press conference that he saw Justin either – I think it was either today or yesterday. You know, it's just that Powell's missing his guys and that he's still not ready to play. And I, and I don't think that Bruce is just going to say, you know, he's shut down because, you know, there's always a possibility that he comes back at any – that he could come back at any point. But I'll tell you, with six games left and you're about to play one of those six tomorrow – I think he probably has done it. We talked to Jason Caldwell earlier in the week, and he he said the same thing. Jason Caldwell said, you know, they probably honestly probably should be shut down, you know, with the way that things are right now. So I would imagine that he will probably not see the court again this year. That's my guess, though. That's that's nothing official. That's just my guess. Yeah, maybe they can get him back for just the Alabama game. Just let him play the last game because Alabama didn't see him the first time they played. And if he was if he was playing, I think they'd have won that game. And Sharif. You know, his first college game ever. Because, I mean, if you think about it, that's kind of like a little tournament for Auburn. That can be like a national championship game without with them not being able to go to postseason play. I mean, you can look at that Alabama game like a national championship. Mm-hmm. That's right. We've been saying that for, you know, a couple of weeks now, looking ahead at that schedule. And it could come down to where Auburn could be 13-13 going to that game. And that game could decide whether or not you finish with a winning season or not. Yeah, uh, regarding the Kentucky game, I, you know, with Kentucky being so long on the perimeter and really in the middle as well, it, I don't see the turnover issues coming to a halt tomorrow. <laughs> um, I think it'll be a lower-scoring game. But the problem with Kentucky, they just can't shoot the ball from the outside. That's right. And uh, if, if Sharif can be smart once he gets inside the paint and not turn the ball over in the painted area, uh, you know, with Kentucky coming inside, I'm not worried about it. Auburn's the best shot-blocking team in the country. I'm going to predict Auburn 72 to 65, but I see that as a little bit lower scoring game, kind of like what Levi said earlier. You know, and, and something I want to, I want to touch on the turnovers real quick. Uh, something that you just brought up that that is kind of a, a, something that a lot of people don't think about with Kentucky, just because of how well they've played this year defensively, and and on top of what you just said about how long that they are. Believe it or not, and I didn't know this until I just looked at it. I was curious in conference play, Kentucky turns teams over the least out of any other team in the SEC opposing teams against Kentucky only turn the ball over 11 times a game and that would make sense based off the last time we saw Auburn and Kentucky play that's the last time Auburn had less turnovers than their opponent oh goodness yeah I don't yeah I, I, yeah, I don't I don't think it stops I'm, I've given up on the bandwagon of this team is going to turn it around I think Auburn wins the turnover battle tomorrow I mean they might win it tomorrow but I don't think they'll oh yeah, yeah after I, that I, it, go, it goes back out the window but I think tomorrow they'll, they'll do all right they'll be bad like I still think they'll have 15 turnovers maybe even 20 but it doesn't mean that they still won't win the turnover battle if that makes sense i just think both teams are going to turn the ball over a lot yeah things like kentucky might have just packed it in they got all those young kids and they ain't never been yelled at before and aau ball and all that stuff and then that's all calipari does yell at them and it also seems like kentucky's running aau ball right <laughs> like they're all 18 it's aau extended yeah yeah uh last thing and i'll get off here guys did y'all see the pick of harson's family this week those jeans every week (laughs) those jeans are so impressive the jeans that the harson family are putting out every every single person in that family is absolutely beautiful like they are just beautiful human beings i'm telling y'all right now if harson works those women and and he won't have a problem recruiting to auburn i tell you that 
he's gonna be he's gonna be sweet talking all the mamas and grandmamas around the country and getting all their kids to come play for Auburn. Yeah, I made sure in whatever meeting I had with the recruit that that she was right there beside me. And uh, I tell you what, I'm 34 years old and. I didn't go to college, so I technically have eligibility. I'm ready to commit to Auburn right now after seeing that picture. <laughs> Travis, we appreciate you, my man. I hope you have a good weekend. War Eagle, guys. You put me and Travis on the outside. I don't think anybody's stopping us. That's hilarious. I mean, you've you've said you said this uh, really at the beginning of this show, way 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 back in. You you said that uh, that Coach Harson was the best looking coach in the SEC. I'm close to saying in the country. I mean, I I, I got to look around at some of the other coaches. I mean, you. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury left, so I mean, I can't go with him anymore. But Brian Harson, I mean, he's one of the youngest coaches in our league right now. Oh yeah, only a couple guys younger. Than, I think Drinkwitz younger than him as well. Um, he didn't have anything. I don't know of any too many others that he didn't I have maybe... anything on Harson's looks. He didn't have anything <laughs> on them looks. Best That's looking fun. head coach in the SEC, maybe in the country. I mean, we'll have to see about that. I mean, he can only he can only get better looking with Tom. I mean, see Tom Brady, he got better looking with Tom. He really has. I'm not gonna lie. Tom looks good. That Tampa sun, that Brady Florida, looks good. that Florida sun has done wonders. He looks good. I he thought he, I thought he looked good coming into the league, and then you look back, and he had fat face at the beginning of his career, and now he looks better at 43 than he did at 20 something. It's crazy. You just never mind. I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna go there. You just you just described the goat as having what? What did you just say? Fat face. Oh man. He was a fat. He had fat baby face. I mean, he just looked pudgy in his face, and that's coming from someone who has pudgy baby face too. Let's dig back into this Auburn-Kentucky game. Turnovers are a topic here. Uh, it is every game for Auburn. But I'm going to go on the hot take side of things and say that Auburn turns the ball over less than Kentucky. Now, that doesn't mean that Auburn doesn't turn the ball over 18 times. But if, it, if this game does turn out to be something like that, I could see Kentucky turning the ball over 20 times. You know, I, I agree with that. I agree with every bit of that. I think, the I last think it's going to be a lot of turnovers. The last time these two teams played, Kentucky had 18 turnovers. Auburn had 14. It's not good. <laughs> not good. But Auburn, Auburn's, I mean, 14's not Four, 14's bad. 14's not it's terrible. It's just okay. Yeah, I would say it's okay. If, now, 18's bad. 18 I, I think bad. Auburn wins the turnover battle tomorrow. And it goes to those stats here of that I just pointed out between Auburn and Kentucky. Kentucky opponents turn the ball over less than any other team's opponents in the SEC. 11.4 turnovers per game are Kentucky's SEC opponents. People just don't turn the ball over against Kentucky, which is interesting considering Kentucky averages still like six and a half steal or 6.2 steals per game which ain't bad it's fine that's that's really not bad at all and also it's average but and it's also okay. you think about what Travis said I mean the length that they have you'd expect a lot more turnovers just based off of size and length alone just doesn't seem to be coming to fruition this all year. of their guards are six three or taller yeah they even would, have a guard that's six foot seven and you would expect those guys to turn the ball over they're just not they're they're not doing it at a high level in the conference and it's kind of puzzling i mean that could be accounting for why they're five and 13 right now they're just not they're not living up to expectations a story of kentucky season the team that turns the ball over the second most times in the sec goes against the team that doesn't turn its opponents over that much another example of clash of styles tomorrow in rupp arena we got about 30 minutes left in the show stay with us here on on the line Stay on the line. More of the show when we come back. 
You're on the line with Noah Gardner and Levi Fitzwater. Phone lines are open 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. We've had a lot of callers here in this second hour and the phone lines once again still open. We want to hear from you what's ever on your mind. Call in. But now we're going to get into some college basketball picks. we got 12 games slated up here to pick here on On the Line, getting ready to go into the weekend. And Sting, hit the hot key, my man. First game here that we're going to pick, number 22, Loyola, Chicago at Drake. And a lot of people out there are like, this is really how you guys are going to start this off. Look. This game tomorrow at 11 a.m. on ESPN2. Typically, a game like this will not get on ESPN2 that early in the morning. Once again, Loyola's ranked at 17-3 and 12-1 and and in their conference. Drake, though, just got beat for the first time a couple of games ago. They're 19-1 overall. This is a high-powered mid-major matchup that people should be paying attention to in case you want to run somebody deep that's a mid-major team in your bracket. Tournament teams. Two good tournament teams. I'm just loving this song. I'm so I think here. they can make it at vibing. large. I think both of these teams could be at large teams if they don't if they don't win the MVC. I agree with that. I, I both teams are gonna be in the tournament, I think. I'm gonna go with the Ramblers here of Loyola Chicago. I think their defense has been too good. They're holding almost everybody to under sixty points. I think they're gonna be a little bit too good for Drake, just simply for the fact Drake's been struggling a little bit from three. You go to the Ken Palm ratings, they are just not opposite there. ends of the spectrum. Yeah, they are just way away. Well, you know where Loyola Loyola's sitting at 12, 15. Or they're at 15, 15 now. Okay. They were they were a little bit higher than that earlier in the week. They're at 15 now. And Drake's Drake is 50s. all the way at 57. The, yeah, they're almost the 50s. They're closer to Auburn than they yeah. are to Loyola. I, I thought that was interesting, despite the fact that Drake, you know, this year is only a one-loss team. Maybe I still think Drake. I still, I still think Drake's a good team. We haven't really seen them against. Oh, a lot they, of good they have a pretty bad. Yet yeah, right, they have a pretty bad strength of schedule. But Loyola's, you know, hundred rankings ahead of them. Yep. Inside strength of schedule, according to Kim Palm. So I like this Loyola team as well. So both, both, both of us going on Loyola both on there. the Ramblers. That's what I'm. That's what I'm here for. You got number twelve Oklahoma at number fourteen West Virginia, twelve o'clock on ESPN Plus. That's a tough one. I'm just going to go How with How is the, that not on national television? I mean, Big 12 overrated, maybe? No, it's because of the ESPN Plus it's, stuff. But, man, that's we, tough. They got to market that somehow. I Just give me the home team. Give me West Virginia. I'll take them. Oklahoma has been a good team this year. But just give me the Mountaineers. I think they're a slightly better team. I don't really have anything to do with either of these teams. I haven't watched them a lot. I'm not going to sit here and throw a lot of stats out with you on this one. This is just a sniff test. It's a gut test. I just like I like West Virginia. Give it to me. West Virginia's looked good. So has Oklahoma. Of course, Oklahoma on a, on a bit of a, a run right now. Four out of their last five games, including one of those against a t- uh, three of those were against top ten teams when they played them. Kansas, Texas, and Alabama. Of course, Kansas no longer ranked. That, that was the beginning of their fall. West Virginia has rattled off wins against Kansas and Texas Tech in back-to-back weeks since having lost to Florida and the SEC Big 12 Challenge. I'm going to have a hard time picking against West Virginia's brand of basketball on their home floor. Yep. As John Rothstein likes to say, it's longer, uh, it, it, it's tougher than a long weekend with your in-laws. West Virginia is going to win at that noontime slot. Still staying at noon. We'll go ahead. We'll pick the Auburn-Kentucky game. Who you got? I hate to do it. Y'all are going to run me off the airways. I think Kentucky still wins this game. I hate it. I'm going to be cheering for Auburn. I want Auburn to win. Don't take that the wrong way. I just think Kentucky comes out and ends up winning this. I think the whole Rupp thing is going to be too hard for Auburn to get going and win the game. I think it's the opposite. I think Auburn is going to go into this game extremely motivated with all of the circumstances around it. I'm taking AU to win this game because they typically don't win in Rupp. That's going to be a motivator. Also, because of the team that they're playing, it's Kentucky 
they're going to get up for this one. Kentucky doesn't have a whole lot to play for right now. I hope you're right. I really hope you're right. Trust me. I'm, I want you to be right. I just don't see it happening. And we'll see. I guess we'll see how it goes. That game at noon on CBS, moving up to 1 o'clock on ESPN, number 16, Tennessee at LSU. Give me the upset. I'm taking the Tigers here. I think the Bayou Bengals are going to upset the Tennessee Volunteers. Tennessee's been up and down, inconsistent. A lot of that has been on the road. They haven't played well on the road a lot. I mean, they struggled against Georgia early this week. Maybe Georgia's you know, playing a little bit better after that good win against Auburn. Well, they were up but, by as much as 20 in that ball game at one point. And then blew it. I mean, right. I, I just... Kind of makes me wonder... If that's gonna carry into this game, that's that's how I feel as well. I think that they're gonna, I think they're carrying that little bit of the ending of that Georgia game into this one. Give me the Tigers at home. I think they'll upset and knock off Tennessee. I like that pick. You stole my thunder, my man. You stole my thunder. Tennessee, you just don't know if their offense is going to show up. They're averaging about 73 points a game right now. They, their field goal percentage may say 45%, but then you could get Tennessee that lost 52 to 50 to Ole Miss. You could get uh you you could get that type of performance on the offensive end, or you could get the Tennessee, you know, that has scored more than eighty points over these last two games. I'm going to choose to believe that they're gonna to return to equilibrium. And the thing about LSU is that you didn't hit on. They are one of the best offensive teams in this league, even at the tempo that they play at. They don't lose efficiency just by playing fast. So I like this LSU team to upset and Tennessee they, they as should well. Have been, they should have beaten Texas Tech. I mean, this is not a bad basketball team. They've just had a no. couple bad bounces. So I think they're more than capable at home to beat Tennessee. Yeah, lost by 18 to Alabama, though. Five to Texas Tech. They even lost to Kentucky in their last five games. Two and three lost across their last five. But I think this is a chance for them to kind of generate some momentum as well. You got number 15, Iowa at Michigan State, 130 on Fox. It's hard to win on the road in the Big Ten but I can't go against my boy. I can't go against Luke Garza. I'm sorry. Just give me the, give me Iowa. Give me the Hawkeyes. It's Michigan hard. State stinks. They're bad. That's We said it all year. It's been hard to win in the Big Ten, but Michigan State, this is a bad team. Another traditional, bad basketball team. Another traditional power. They're not a blue blood per se, but another team that we consistently see successful, just having a bad year. Give me Iowa. Give me Iowa. Give me Luke Garza. I think he goes off for probably 30-plus. Let's go. All right, so we're five games in here to our picks, and now we're going to head over to our phone lines as we've got a caller on the line with us. Once again, the number to call, 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. we got Susan on the line with us. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. Great. Um, I just want, Yeah, I just wanted to, to kind of touch on some things. Um, I was, of course, at Auburn when Pat died was there. I graduated uh, on his last year. And those were the glory years. And I think for a lot of us older alumni, it's hard to see that, to see the problem of what we had. And I remember going to the games with my dad, you know, in the 80s, early 80s. And, I mean, it was horrible, you know, in the 70s. I mean, we couldn't even win anything. And then when we got Bo and what we went to, and then to see Alabama down, and a lot of people don't remember this, they were really horrible for a long time until they got Saban. So, I hope that we can get that energy back at this university. I don't know why it hasn't happened. I really don't know why we haven't been able to get a coach to bring that, the glory back. Because really, Auburn is a top-tier program. And I don't know why we have trouble getting a a good coach. Mm -hmm. Um, Your thoughts on it? I mean, has administration changed? I mean, I was there under Havel, and he controlled everything. And it was just a different time. And I think a lot of us older ones are like, gosh, why can't we have those days back? Sure. But I think there's plenty of money there to pay for somebody. And then to go on top of that, even in the last 10 years, Auburn fans have gotten a taste of it again to a degree because they've been to two national championships in the last 10 years. And so I think that's kind of, Correct. you know, 
contributed a little bit to people being you know kind of rabid i think the fan base has been has been really hungry for them to stay at the top and be consistent i don't have a good answer for you i think there's been a lot of turnover uh as far as coaches are concerned of course you know tuberville leaves auburn uh he, he gets you know let go and from that moment on it's been it seems like it's been an uphill battle for auburn to kind of join the national ranks of everybody else and i feel like every coach has contributed in some way to Auburn getting on the verge of being there like following Tuberville with Chiswick he won a national championship of course Cam had a big Cam had a big part of that but they at least you know got back on the national stage in 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 that capacity and then obviously things went south with Chiswick and then they bring back Gus and I feel like what Gus has done since that three and nine season that that was the end of Chiswick's reign I when I look at Gus Malzahn's tenure I I say look he's left the program I think in a better place than when he picked it up and of course, he did go to a national championship in his first year, and, and it has been kind of south since that point. But I think a lot of I think a lot of folks out there can see that they're not too far away, like they're not too far away from the national championship stage or, or from making a playoff because Gus had him on the fringe a couple of times. And I think you're just missing that one coach that can put him there. And I, and I think that's what you're hitting at right now. And and maybe it's Harson. Well, we'll just have to find out and well, see. And I, another question I have is. If I were a guy that was a five-star, four-star, I could go into Auburn where I could play my first year or second year. Because Alabama, you're probably going to sit, sit the bench up to your junior year. If you're good, you're going to be behind me. Very good. I don't know why we can't get those people to come because they can play. I think, and that's what they all want to do. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But, again, I know they want to win. But if you have the right coach and they can bring him up, I mean, you, could, you have a chance to play here where you might not be sitting the bench. I don't think you're wrong with that statement. The only counter argument I can even say for that is just you look back over the past few years and you if you're even if you just look at it from an in-state perspective, you're going to see that peop, that Alabama has put more guys in the pros than Auburn has and I think that's the selling point that Alabama has been able to win over some of those recruits that are coming from Auburn. But I do I, I agree with what you're saying if you can have the right coach in place and you can go somewhere and play you should be able to go to the pros. The problem is they just haven't been developed and take that next step or even to win win national championships outside of the one in 2010. So I, I agree with what you're saying, but I can also f- see why that counterpoint is. I think you're just missing a guy who can actually sell that, who can sell, hey, come here and play, and if you play, we'll put you in the pros. They just haven't had that. They need the right salesman. They, they need yeah, Bruce they, Pearl, right? They Bruce need, Pearl yeah, sold They it. need someone who can sell it. I think that's what's been missing is someone who can sell that point that you're making because I think that is a very good point that it just hasn't been hit. It hasn't been hitting with the recruits from the previous tenure. Well, I appreciate it and War Eagle, and I'm looking forward to seeing what, what happens. Have a great day. Thank you. You too, and uh, don't be Thank a stranger. You. Feel free to call back anytime. Number to call, 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888 382 7502 that was susan on the line with us i want to continue to touch on that recruiting point there because i had something i wanted to add to it is that we heard nick saban's counterpoint to that the other day on that recording that 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 we saw on social media you know it's he said look you can come here and win national championships you might have to ride the bench for a year or two to get better but also the other point he made was we put more guys in the league than anybody else and alabama has a tendency to you you don't see a guy for two years and then all of a sudden he shows up as a junior and he ends up going to the league (laughs) And, and uh, you know they could he could have not have played for his first two years and ends up in the NFL after his junior year. So they've got a counter they've got a counter recruiting point to that. You just got to get the right salesman in, like you said, to, to bring guys here. And Bruce Pearl was that Auburn's basketball program was abysmal, and then they and got the, the right yeah. the right guy in to build the program up. So a lot of that centers on recruiting. More of on the line coming up on the line on Fox Sports Central Alabama. 
on 98.3 FM and ESPN 1067. Back on On the Line, Noah Gardner, Levi Fitzwater with you wrapping up the show today. Thank you to all the callers out there who have called in today. It has been a packed second hour. We love it. And you still got time to call in. We got about eight minutes left in today's show before the drive with Bill Cameron follows us here on ESPN 106.7 and on Fox Sports Central Alabama. The number to call, 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Before we wrap up the show with some more college basketball picks, let's take a listen to what's on TV tonight. It's Noah Gardner with What's On Tonight. A new episode of Shark Tank at 7 on ABC. And someone is pitching a self-cleaning bedding so that you don't have to change your sheets. Now that sounds nifty. Go back to 1984 with Ralph Macchio and the Karate Kid on IFC at 7. The Shawshank Redemption is on Paramount at 6. Avengers Infinity War left fans crushed at the end while simultaneously creating memes across the country. Catch the movie on TNT at 7. Take a look at the college basketball schedule for tonight. St. Bonaventure at V. ECU at 6 p.m. on ESPN2. Akron is at Miami, Ohio on ESPNU. Head over to the ACC with Georgia Tech at Clemson at 7 on ACC Network. At 8 in the Big Ten, number 6 Illinois at Nebraska on Big Ten Network. In the NBA, there are two games on ESPN. The Pelicans take on the Mavericks at 6.30. And then at 9, the Grizzlies and the Lakers wrap up tonight. I'm Noah Gardner, and that's what's on TV tonight. Resuming some of our college basketball picks here. We got about halfway through all 12 of them that we got, and so we got limited time here. We're going to have to go warp speed. Rapid fire. Let's go. Warp speed here with some college basketball picks. We both picked Iowa on the Michigan State game. I mean, Michigan State flat out stinks, so that was where we just left off. We're at 230 now. Georgia at number one, or definitely not number one. Georgia at number 11, Alabama, 230 SEC Network. Alabama, they're a better team than Georgia. (laughs) We got to go fast. That's fair. I'm wondering if Alabama's shot's going to drop off. If it doesn't, then I think they run them out. But if it does, I can see Georgia. I can see a world where Georgia upsets these guys on Saturday. I'll I take can, Bama, though. I can see it not happening. Alabama, all the way. There you go. We'll keep it going here. Arkansas at number 10, Missouri, 3 o'clock, ESPN 2. Give me the Razorbacks. Easy. What was that? Big noise. Let's go. Arkansas, rapid fire. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do on this one. I think Missouri bounces back at home. I'll go with Missouri. Yeah. It, mainly because they play a lot better at home than they do on the road. Join the club. A lot of teams are like That's that. True. I don't trust any team in this league. And the topsy-turvy nature, I think it's time for Arkansas to get taken down, not Missouri. Number five, Villanova at number 19, Creighton, 4 o'clock on Fox. Jay Wright, most handsome coach in the NCAA basketball scope. Give me Villanova. I see I see where you're going with that. Villanova on the road at Creighton. Nova's the better team as well. I, I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. Hard for me to pick against them, and they've already had their upset. They lost to St. John's. They're not getting it again. They're not no, getting it again. I don't think so. Northwestern at number 25, Rutgers, 4 o'clock. Ooh, just give me Rutgers. I'll take Rutgers. Eyes. I'll go, Northwestern's I'll go the falling team. off recently. Yeah. Rutgers yeah. is now into the top 25. They're trending upward. They're, they're a team to watch out for that in tournament play, whereas their, their record may have not looked great in the regular season. Well, they play in the Big Ten, which is a hotly contested league full of many talented teams. And when they get into tournament play, they, they might you know continue to trend upward. Uh, through some of the uh, through some of the bracketologies out to the ACC at five on ESPN North Carolina at number nine Virginia Blech. two teams that I can't stand just give I don't want to do it give me the old school the slugfest give me Virginia they're just a much better team than North Carolina I mean I hate both of them but give me Virginia North Carolina is so focused on the inside with Garrison Brooks this Virginia team creates a perimeter around the paint they don't let you in they put it on lockdown of this Virginia team talk about 
someone that is trending upward. They're into the top 10 now. They, they're they playing very solid basketball at the moment. Ole Miss at South Carolina, 5 o'clock on SEC Network. Okay, you got to stop with uh, you got to stop with the animal noises, man. Give me South Carolina with the upset on the road. Ole Miss plays really good at home, bad on the road. Give me the Gamecocks. South Carolina's at home in that game. That's what I'm saying. Ole Miss struggles on the road. Give me give me the Gamecocks at home. I'm going with Ole Miss to win this game. I like the way that they're playing right now. I'm not going to sit here and say that we should watch out for them to make the tournament, but I will go with South Carolina to lose this game on their home floor. South Carolina's. Uh, I think they're going to return to equilibrium here. Uh, you, you talk about laws of averages and teams playing above their, their skill set for a little while. I think that they're going to come back down a little bit. So give me Ole Miss. I think they're going to have a hard time following up that game against Alabama from earlier in the week. They put a lot of energy in that one and still lost. Last game here on the schedule to pick, number 20 USC at Washington State, 7 on ESPNU. I want to take USC, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Cougars just so I can make another animal noise. Go Trojans. USC wins this game, and that'll be how we wrap it up. USC beating Wazoo there in Washington State. Uh, USC is trending. Uh, talk, this, this is a weekend of teams trending upwards, having to go on the road and go and win some ball games. I mean, USC is another team that's cracked in the top 25 recently. They um, traditionally have been a tournament team of the last couple of years, and I think going into March, you know, they'll be back there. They're, they're the best team in the, in the Pac-12 at the moment. I think they may be the only team in the Pac-12 ranked. It's not saying much that they're the best team in the Pac-12 this year, but at least they're ranked. At least they're the best one. You'd rather be the best team in the bad division than, you know, at the bottom of it. So So that does it for our college basketball picks there. Let's take this back to the Auburn-Kentucky game. You've got Kentucky winning. Why? I just don't think Auburn gets it done on the road. I'm going to trust Vegas. I'm going to trust that two-line. I just I think they're both not great teams right now. I'm just going to take the talent that Kentucky has recruited. I think I don't think they've played that well this year, but I'll give the length. I'll give Coach Cal at home. I just – two times since the 80s. This is the best opportunity they've had to win this game. I just don't think they get it done because I'm every year I think that they can do it. I get let down. I just don't think they can go interrupt and win. This game has a lot of meaning to it. Auburn's got a reason to go out there and go and win. It's still Rupp Arena, the, what you've already pointed out, with not having won but twice there all time. Gives them a big reason to go out there and try and play their best brand of basketball. Also, if you don't win this game, you're going to finish with a losing record. If you can't beat this team left, this is the second worst team in our league outside of, I'd say Texas A&M is the second worst team. Then it's Kentucky. Then I think you may say it is Auburn. Mississippi State's playing pretty bad right now, but the way Auburn's been playing, Auburn's playing about the fourth worst team in the league at the moment, which is where they're about at in the standings. I think they moved up to ninth after Mississippi State continues to lose. I think they're down to five and seven now. They're below Auburn, but if you don't win this game, I am not confident that Auburn finishes with a winning record. And that's really, I, for, maybe I'm just putting too much weight into that, but just for the momentum of this program and to be able to say that you've had all of these winning seasons consecutively in a row, you don't want teams anti-recruiting you or negative recruiting you and going into houses and saying, you sure you want to go to Auburn? They had a losing record this year. And so I think it's it's important for the momentum of the program trajectory moving forward. And of course, I've seen the recruiting class coming in, and they've inked it, they've signed. I know they're coming. That's not changing it. I just mean for the future and for you know recruiting right now for next year's class. And of course, next year's team, yes, it could be off the charts, top ten team, and maybe I am putting a little bit too much stock into them having a winning record. But just something about building the program up, and because this program's still not finished. Bruce no, Pearl's still building it up. You still got to build it up a little this, bit I mean, more. this is a rebuilding year, and I just don't think that this team 
from from a record standpoint it doesn't benefit them to, to lose on the recruiting trail that way so but that does it for another edition of on the line another week of on the line we'll be back with you next week same time same place the drive with bill cameron follows us now on espn 1067 and on fox sports central alabama we'll see you next week so long everybody we'll see you you know where to find us